you have until the count of five. I happen to love the number five. It's a beautiful number, a glorious number. You got to the count of five. Welcome to the Got Till 5 Wrestling Podcast, the bi-weekly extravaganza of top five wrestling theme lists. My name is Max Curden, and my co-host is Jesse, not for the many, but for the few Ben's. That's me. It's 12th of um, December today in real life, which is voting day in England. So we're all full of hope and happy now. We've just done our votes, but this podcast ain't going to be released until after the votes are all in. So even though we're feeling all hopeful and happy, this is going to age like milk. <laughs> tomorrow. It will literally be out tomorrow after the results are in. So the peppiness, who knows if it would gone. last. It'll yeah, be gone. Uh, it'll be gone. It'll be gone. Uh, yeah, it's all good. So this is weird. Um, do people know that we've actually been away for ages? I think the people in the know know, but the others don't know. <laughs> so we everything you've heard, if you've been listening the last few weeks, people... Um, literally the last what two months or something yeah um as was all recorded in one week so we've actually had two months off so this is us back and fresh and so much has changed in our lives don't you think max what's happened it really has and two months without you has been just scary and, and terrifying and lonely and i'm just going to give a warning to the listeners now if, if you are one of those people who is purely here for the top five wrestling content you're going to have to wait a while or skip ahead a good <laughs> half an hour because we have not spoken for a while. We were meant to start this podcast 20 minutes ago. We've just yeah, been chatting. We have. And it's, um, we've just been chatting about what politics and it's all good. Hey, I'm an international now. You are. This, this is uh, one of the reasons we had to record so many in one go because you abandoned me. I did. I went to Texas. I went my first ever trip to Meriki. Never been before. I've come back with a gun. I've got, um, <laughs> I hate women now. Yeah, I hate all of them. Uh, I hate women, but I still want to touch their pussies. Um, it's grab them, in fact. So it's good. But no, what was good, because I was in Texas near Dallas and uh, everyone was really anti-Trump. Um, but they're all really anti-Trump because they just fucking bum George W. Bush, right? He's like their local boy. So he, everything George Bush did is brilliant and everything Trump does is terrible. So it's all... It's all big up George Bush over there, which um, is weird. I went to the museum of George W. Bush. I'm not a big George Wait, W. Bush fan. Yeah, did you know this? That's a museum? Oh, God, yeah. It, well, He's they still alive. It, yeah, I know. It's weird, isn't it? There's a bit of there's a bit of 9-11 plane in there, mate. I touched it. Oh, that's weird. That's weird, isn't it? And it's so big that they had to put it there before the museum. They had to build the museum around this bit of plane. But um, it's all there. I saw Saddam Hussein, the gun that they arrested Saddam Hussein with, that's in there. Um, on a lighter note, there's baseballs. That was fun. And <laughs> Start high, get, get loves, them invested. He loves baseballs. And there was um, some dresses that his wife had worn and um, stuff like that. There's a replica of the Oval Office, um, which is pretty oh, cool Oh, I saw you well. sitting in that. It, yeah, was, uh, it, had... it was terrifying to, to see you in power. To think of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I picked up the phone. I wasn't really allowed to. The security guard told me off. But I still got a picture with the phone up. And there was a big red button, which like is probably, that's how you kill people or something. And um, what else? Um, oh, yeah, his twins are fit. I saw pictures of them around. He's got twin daughters. They're hot. Um, what else was there? Yeah, but it's a library and museum thing. But apparently all presidents do it now. So <clears> they finish being president and then a museum slash library gets built in their hometown in their honor 
Um, and it's just full of like shit from their presidency. But it's done so well because I hate George Bush. Not a lot of hate, that's harsh, but I've, I've always thought he was a twat. And then um, by the time you finished it, you've walked around and seen like all of his inspiring quotes and stuff. You're like, bloody hell, George. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> I think that's the thing with like America. I don't think this is going to happen with Trump because he's always been a knob beforehand. But like, you're right. When George Bush was in power, it was like, oh, he was like the and he was the anti-punk symbol, and you hated him. Yeah. And then I, I've seen interviews with him afterwards, and then there was a, a video when his dad died at the funeral, and he snuck a little candy to Michelle Obama, and yeah. he just seems like the loveliest old man ever. And it's like I hated you. Oh man, his his eulogy to his dad was like on a recurring, like a repeated video at one part of the tour going round, and like he properly cries as he would, you know, doing a eulogy for your dead dad, like you're allowed to cry. And it's, um, but it was that, that made you sort of love him more just because the dude cried because his dad died. You know what I mean? Like there's plenty of horrible people that would do that. Um, but it's, yeah, it's crazy. Imagine having a museum for you, for yourself though, when you're still living, would would you visit your own museum? Like a Jesse Benz memorial? Yes, of course you would. You'd just go around and just look at everything, wouldn't you? And go, God bless me. (laughs) What would be the, the key items in the Jesse Benz museum? In the Jesse Benz Museum. Um, allow my kick to death. I'll be um, <laughs> twice stuffed, stuffed in there somewhere. Um, what else would be there? Um, haircuts over the years. I'd like photos of all the different hairstyles I've had. Mm-hmm. Um, some sort of... Um, uh, I don't know. What else? My favourite um, porn films would have to be um, accounted <laughs> for, I think. Uh, that's a long wing. Yeah, well, okay, we don't have to watch them all. We could just, like, condense them into a sticky flick book or something and go, <laughs> go through it that way. Um, what else would be there? We'd have to have something wrestling-related, right? So um, some of sort of Benoit eulogy. <laughs> like Benoit, Jesus Christ. Uh, like this sacrifice table thing. Um, <laughs> it would get open and shut down within the first hour. It'd be brilliant. Uh, yeah, it'd be great. I bought. What did I buy from the? They got a little souvenir shop at the George Bush Museum, and um, I bought. They were selling Charlotte's Web, the Roald Dahl book. That was weird. Um, but also, I isn't bought... that the book he was reading when he when nine eleven happened? Ah, it might be. That might be why it's there. That's a very good point. Yeah, that might be why it's there. And um, but I bought the George Washington's Guide to Etiquette which is a very nice little actual book that George Washington wrote. And um, it's full of just like how to conduct yourself as a noble person. And it's actually yeah. quite cool. Like It's got some good little things in there. Like if someone's sentenced to death, um, even if they're like horrible criminal, you're allowed to be inwardly happy, but don't show it on the outside. That was one of my favorites. <laughs> of course, you took that one away. But uh, I like the idea that I'm going to see you soon. And it's just going to be, you're just going to be this refined 17th century gentleman. <laughs> I am. I'm growing out the um, Lincoln mutton chops or whatever he had. <laughs> Any disagreement, jewel at dawn. Guns <laughs> by the river. No questions asked. I'll bring my mandingos. <laughs> yeah, you sent me a lot of weird pictures from the States. Um, I think my favourite uh, was the hat that said, in nine, in Texas, we don't call 911 and it had a gun on the front yeah, of it. Big, uh, yeah, right. That was, I saw that was a favorite. to buy that. Yeah, I, I'm and, sad I didn't buy that in the end. And the uh, inflatable lawn Christmas decoration of a penguin holding a rifle. Yeah, but yeah, even the Christmas decorations have guns in Texas. It's awesome. I liked that. I saw the world's biggest belt buckle. 
True. I, I saw the world's. I didn't take it. Why didn't I take a picture of this? I saw the world's biggest Pac-Man machine. That's amazing. Right. I don't know. I don't why believe I you. I know. Right. Well, you fucking will believe me, mate, because um, if even though I didn't take a picture of it, it's literally opposite the world's biggest belt buckle. You're surrounded by massive things. I felt like a borrower. I was just walking <laughs> around there, looking at all these massive things. And another thing, I forgot to take a picture of. There was a massive sculptor of um, like a cowboy on a horse. And on the sculpture little plaque thing, it said this sculpture is based on a photo that was taken by Dusty Rhodes. What? What? What are you doing with your life? I know. This is all in this is all in the same building. This is in Billy Bob's um I, I can't remember what it's called Billy Bob's Summit. It's in Fort Worth in Texas. And it's all cowboy. I did line dancing lesson with a proper old cowboy. Now that's that good. I'm disappointed I don't have a video of. I have videos of it! Why are you not sending me this stuff? Well, because the family I stayed with, we've got a little share Google Drive thing. So loads of stuff hasn't gone public. We've just been like sending shit to each other. So there's videos of us like properly line dancing. And I fucking smash it, mate. Honestly. I've seen you, you dance. It. I doubt you smashed it. No, the line, line dance is different. It's all like... It's, well, it's directed, like, isn't it? Yeah. It's like drumming. sort of. Yeah, it's all just like done. It's like dancing by numbers. Do you know what I mean? Um, and we were filmed. We're going to be on Texas TV in a couple of months for it because they were doing a documentary about this Billy Bob's place. Um, it's on a channel called You Only Live Once and it's a Texas channel. So keep your eyes peeled for that, Texans. <laughs> it's brilliant. So the guy that was teaching us, he was like, as you can see, we've got cameras here. So um, you all need to dance yourself, dance real hard. And I bet a lot of you will get, um, will get calls from Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> and then he looked around and he went, some of you will not. <laughs> <laughs> I liked him. He had a dark edge to him. <laughs> That's all you need in your life, isn't it? It's a little bit of a dark edge about someone. <laughs> he was like, while you're dancing, you need to hold on to your belt, preferably your own. <laughs> he was good. I like the cut of his jib. Yeah, that sounds like... Uh, I'm surprised you came back. You were having a good time out there. Oh, man, I would have lived there so badly. I just want to go... I t- the Texan people are my people because basically um, they live their lives how... like they what Everything they do in their lives is just to benefit them. Which <laughs> is kind of like... That's you I, all over. Yeah, exactly. So they're like, no, we want... Gu-, like So like a gun shooting happens in um, school or whatever and they're all real sad about it and they're like, yeah, these guns are bad, man. But then like someone who breaks into a home and gets shot because they got a gun and they're like yeah guns just whatever whatever suits their lifestyle they're happy with it's brilliant <laughs> i love your uh i'm into them yeah I, I can imagine you got to see hockey you got to see football you you just you were living your best life i was I'm a massive ice hockey fan now i enjoyed it before but now that i properly seen it I'm it gets you yeah you need to see it live don't you before you can like be like yeah i'm into this now yeah exactly. i had the same thing as you yeah, it's awesome. It's one of the best sports out there. Um, great, great fun. Less enamoured with American football, to be honest with you. Just still find it difficult. Uh, Two-stop starty. And I didn't realise that the AT&T Stadium, where we went to see the Dallas Cowboys, is inside. Because when you see it on telly, they're obviously playing on grass, which turns out is fake grass. Yeah. So it all, it all sort of looks like it's outside, like soccer is over here or whatever. Um, but no, you're in there and you're inside and it just feels really synthetic and weird. Do you know what I mean? Because, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but the AT&T Stadium does have like a detractable roof. I believe it does, but it was closed when we were there. Yeah, that would make sense in the middle of November. So Yeah, but yeah. it felt like it felt like we were on the surface of the moon or something, especially with their costumes. 
<laughs> it is a I suppose when you take a step back from it and look at American football as it is, it is very space aging and weird. Yeah, really weird. Just nothing natural about it at all. You can imagine them all at half time or whatever, or quarter time, I don't know how these things work. Going um going into the dressing room and eating like a little capsule that's got a full meal in it to keep them going. I wouldn't be surprised, Jesse Benz. I would not be surprised. So yeah, so that's anyway, uh, that's a lot of me Texan stuff. I did loads of other stuff. We can talk about it another time. How's your time been since we last spoke? Just just lonely. I've just been pining at the door for you to come home, really. Just, just scratching the door, just curled up at the bottom of the bed. Howling at no the moon. It's a full moon tonight, um, and it's Friday the 13th tomorrow. What does that We're mean We're all going to gonna you? die. Yeah, probably. Oh, I was going to go out tomorrow night. Now, now I'm scared. Where are you going? I've, I've got invited for drinks and then a house party. So. Oh, very nice. That's I more know. important than my gig, is it? Oh, yeah. I mean, I have other plans. <laughs> I'm sorry. You, you're having your final gig in Cheltenham. It's like three hours away. You should have had it in the middle. In the middle of the country? Yes. Just so that everyone can get there. Yeah, that's fair mm. enough. Yeah, we But we should, should plug it. This is this is an iconic moment. It affects me as well. I, I was there from the get-go. I, was, I understand what's happening. The Hawthorns, Jesse's band, is playing their final gig tomorrow, and it's sad. Yeah, it is sad, but you know we're all going on to great things. So um, it's yeah, Jesse's going to play right. Shenmue and masturbate all day. I'm going to play Shenmue and masturbate. I'm going to work on my presidential museum, and um, <laughs> that's that sticky book we were talking about. <laughs> and it's all going to be all right. But no, I've got I've got other bands I'm playing with. I'm fine. So stop going on about it. All right. It's fine. Shut up. <laughs> and that's another thing we need to talk about since we did last of the podcast. If anyone has listened to this podcast before, you know how important Shemu is to us. Shemu Free is finally out. It's in our hands. We have played it. Oh, Jesse, how are you feeling right now? I've God, I've just I've been so autistic the last couple of weeks. Just this game is anyone who doesn't know the Shenmue game, you are you basically everyone it's so badly voice acted that everyone comes across as just severely autistic, which shouldn't be funny, but obviously it is. And um, you just, I've just been loving it. It's, it feels like it was made in like straight after Shenmue 2, doesn't it? It doesn't feel like it's been a 20 year wait at all. It's perfection. And it's like, I'm, I'm struggling with, I, I think I need a little bit of counseling in all honesty to, to come to terms with the fact that Shenmue 3 is out because I'm putting it on such a pedestal that I've played it for like a couple of hours, but then like loads of life stuff happen and just very busy and all that kind of stuff that I was like, I, I'm not dedicating enough time to this. I need to stop until I can dedicate time. I haven't been playing it because I've, I've just set this holy grail in my head of this perfect Shenmue day, which I'm actually going to be doing this weekend, by the way. Nice. I have two days of just complete nothingness to play Shamu. That is good. I I possibly I've got another gig on Saturday um, with a, oh, a different band, obviously, because <laughs> the last one is tomorrow, um, which is actually quite annoying. I sort of wish I hadn't agreed to it, but um, I think Sunday might be my Shenmue day. So should we? Are we? Should we both have Sunday as our Shenmue days? I think we should. I think we should. Uh, you know, text when we're going to start, get our snacks in, and then just sit down and play. That's a good shout. Oh, sounds lovely. Sounds lovely. I don't want to do a podcast. I'm just enjoying chatting. I know. We care about wrestling. This is like, we're supposed to be summing up the last 10 years as well. <laughs> Daunting. <laughs> I mean, I thought we were putting it off. We're just like, Whoa. <laughs> it's, um, Yeah, that's a long, long old time, 10 years. Facebook makes you feel old, doesn't it? Yeah. So, uh, telling you, 10 years ago, you did this. It's like, no, that was last week, mate. And it, oh, God, it was 10 years ago. I'm doing the same old shit with you that I do with you now. Yeah. Uh, four years ago today, 
you and me were in Sheffield to see the very first NXT UK tour. Jesus Christ, that feels well recent. Yeah, Finn Balor was NXT champion. Sami Zayn returned. Yeah, four years ago. That's insane. Uh, Nine years ago, you left me a Facebook message. I've got it open in front of me saying, don't read into this, just an innocent question. Do you wear a medium or a large tee? Ah, so, so I presume you bought me a, a Christmas present. Christmas present, exactly. So, I think I remember what that Christmas present was. Was it the po- Portsmouth shirt? Yeah, I think it was. I bought you a Portsmouth FC top with where the sponsor was the Ty Beanie Baby logo. <laughs> the, he was so proud and happy because we had like a little friend's Christmas, and Jesse was like, "I've got you this," and he was really happy. And then I had to break the news that I didn't have anything physical to give him, but I, you know, I could show him on the computer. And I've never seen such a pouty face of. I got you this really cool gift. You can get, get me anything <laughs> cool. And I showed him that I got him tickets to Descendants' first UK tour in 15 years. And I've never seen a switch of change of face so quickly. I don't think I've ever kissed another human as much as I kissed you that day. I've never been kissed like that since. <laughs> I don't want to be. Memory. No, neither do I. Let's leave it in the past. <laughs> uh, but yes, we, we are here, unfortunately, to sum up the past <laughs> 10 years of professional <laughs> wrestling. Uh, between us, which is a, a mammoth task. And when we say the past 10 years, we're looking at moments for this first episode. Uh, so this is like important things that have happened over the past decade that have gone on, that live in your memory, blah, blah, blah. There's a lot to go through because like, we've got our five, but there's a whole bunch of honorable mentions that I need to go through as well. Following that next week, yes, next week, because we're just doing one after another, and then we're breaking up for Christmas, is oh, yeah. uh, the top five matches of the past decade. And we're having Steve join us, the third member of this Got Till Five family. And we're going to have a long-ass episode talking about matches, and it's going to be grand. Is so, Steve a member of our Got Till Five family? I'm pretty sure we've said that to him in the past. Yeah, to his face. But he's not here now. So. <laughs> he does listen quite often. I was on his podcast about you. That was That was a weird experience. Yeah, right. Hashtag fuck Jesse. Thanks a lot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he actually left me, because uh, after this, we've got to record the nominations <laughs> for uh, the DP Awards for Best Wrestler Guest. And he sent me an audio file of how to pronounce all the names. Like, they were difficult. Um, <laughs> and at the end, he just went, oh, and Jesse, if you're listening to this, fuck you. So, uh, <laughs> you know. Right, yeah. So I was in Texas living it up, so I couldn't be on the podcast, even though I was on his time, oddly. So that's how life works. But... Um, how so how was it without me did um, did it soon become apparent that i'm the talent and you're just riding on my coattails no i kind of stepped up and i was fucking hilarious <laughs> fair enough good, good answer <laughs> um so um, we're doing five today one of us has three one of us has two and we you've sorted out a quiz to sort it out no we got to decide who gets those three. And if you've listened to the podcast before, as Jesse mentioned, there's a quiz involved. We ask five questions because we're autistic about the number five. It's all we can count to. And if Jesse gets one, wait, how does this work Shit. again? Hey, what did you do? I just knocked some tinsel off the shelf. Um, it's... <laughs> you decorated already. I have not decorated. Hey, we decorated before we went to Texas. What? That then... was in November, you mad people. Yeah, I know. But then you come home in December and it's just done for you. So you come home to Christmas. It was lush. Man, I don't know how I feel about that. Man. <laughs> Stop drinking. <laughs> like a little lamb learning to talk. <laughs> don't kick me to death. Um, so, Three okay. times. That's the third time you mentioned kicking lambs today. I think about it a lot. You um, do. 
I, do, I regularly think about it. It just seems like a really fun animal to kick in the face. <laughs> you know when we go on other podcasts and you... What's that podcast we went on where I think you learned to rein yourself in? Uh, when you told that joke about um, Mr. Fuji and his dog and you were just laughing when you were telling it. <laughs> and then silence. You, I could picture those two. Like, it was the film podcast. That was it. Was it. Guests on uh, these two lovely American guys. Um, who do a film podcast and um, can you remember what it was called? I can't. And um, they, yeah, they were very, very nice. But I was talking about that because uh, Mr. Fuji um, fed the guy who played Odd Job in James Bond's Goldfinger because he was a wrestler, fed his dog to him or something. And I was telling the story and obviously it was really funny. So I was just laughing. And then, obviously. Um, yeah. <laughs> but you could sort of picture them just sort of looking at each other going like, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> And then, and then he ate. He ate a bit of the collar. Oh, we cracked up. Oh, love it. But no, sorry. This this is going to happen all evening. We got to do a quiz, Jesse. And because the whole theme is around what's happened over the past 2010s, I started writing a quiz about wrestling over the past 10 years, and then realized who I was doing the quiz with, and scrapped it completely because you would fail miserably. So I only kept up with current wrestling. Um, in the 2010s, um, pretty much all of 2015, um, most of 2016, and that's about it. <laughs> so you better so hope, you just, everyone, that I, to those years, I win this quiz and I get the free. Otherwise, Jesse is just going to talk about Stardust giving a silver cape to Wade Barrett. I did. So this is one of my favourite moments of all time. It's a really underrated promo between Stardust and King Barrett. Um, he... Uh, if you just Google um, Stardust King Barrett Cape, it, I think it's the first one that comes up. And um, they're doing a promo on Stephen Amell and Neville. It was the lead up to that SummerSlam match they did. And um, yeah, Stardust, and it's just so 80s and, and odd and abstract. It's I, I am really an odd. encyclopedia of wrestling knowledge. And I had no recollection of this. Just even <laughs> showed me the video and I was like, the fuck did I just watch? <laughs> oh, it's brilliant. I fully recommend it. Oh, it was weird, Jesse. It was Good. weird. Okay. So, so start the quiz, baby. I want to. I want to get on. You want to get on? What have you got to do? No, nothing. No, I mean, I want to get on and like you know win the quiz. Oh, okay. Let's I go. don't like being in suspense, not knowing. Ah, before you start, um, I was watching. Um... <laughs> Don't let me do the intro and then go. Before you start, <laughs> no, it's, I was watching Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. That music made me think. Um, on the why do they even bother putting on classic Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Right, I can't oh, remember what channel it's on. I like, know where you're going with this, but go on. They just fucking finish, like in the middle of. They I want to know how finish. well the dude did. And they don't. There's no like. And you know what else? Time. Yeah, that's the thing. They go, uh, join us next time to see how Ramesh got on and won the rest of it. But the next yeah. episode comes on, fucking Carol's in the seat. You don't know yeah. what's going on. It's not in order. Yeah, what's the point in giving us that suspense? Like, oh. there's no benefit. And the celebrity ones are stupid because um, do you remember when we watched the celebrity one with Eamon Holmes? <laughs> oh yeah, I'm just going to stop the music, go on. And Eamon Holmes kept saying, um, stop the clock. It was like his nervous oh, yeah. tick. That, that's what Chris Tarrant's supposed to say. Stop the clock. Stop the clock. Yeah, but everything, he was like panicking trying to get the answer and kept going, stop the clock, stop the clock. <laughs> was that when we were in that cabin in the forest and we just watched Who Wants to Be a Millionaire all evening? Yeah, it was pretty rock and fucking roll. <laughs> It's getting to eight, better put on who wants to be a millionaire. <laughs> it's getting dark out. 
But yeah, anyway, as you were, let's get the music back in again. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, sorry, go on. I saw. <laughs> uh, this is a quiz all about <coughs> events around the world in 2010. I think this is quite an easy quiz, which is stupid of me because you're going to get the free and it's going to be a free, shit top and five. all going to be King Barrett moments. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Question number one, Jesse. As we all know, it was a rough start for entertainment in the year 2016, when early in January, we lost a music legend and a BAFTA-winning actor. Which two performers died at the age of 69 on January 10th and January 14th, respectively? Uh, we lost... Um, the musician was um, Mr. David Bowie. Correct. And the BAFTA-winning actor was um, Severus Snape himself, Alan Rickman. Dope, you got it. Yes, one nil, one nil, one nil, one nil, one nil. I was watching, um, and a, a mate of mine um, told me the other day that he's got kids, and he is what he told me. I already knew they're quite, they're like in, like ten or something. So they've been around a bit, and um, he said that his parenting style is Hans Gruber from Die Hard. Um, many questions, but go on. <laughs> well, like he um, he said he's taken that line, you know, and he said. I shall count to three, and there won't be a four. That's like his thing that he says to his kids, and because he's like quite a strict dad, that that line from Die Hard instills like PTSD-style fear in them. <laughs> this is what he used to say to them when he was ready to really bollock them. So that's Alan Rickman's legacy to me. And you know what? If I ever father a child by a strange woman in the depths of Mexico, I'm going to use that as well. Yes, you definitely should. And also, I just thought another Alan Rickman thing. Um, Love Actually is one of my favourite Christmas films, right? There, I said it. Well, come at me, bros. Okay. Um, it's a good film. It's not, it's not my favourite Christmas film. It's one of my favourites. But because um, Alan Rickman like, buys that gift for that tart at the office and not his lovely Emma Thompson wife, and Emma Thompson gets all heartbroken and Alan Rickman's just chasing tail, I hate Alan Rickman because he played that role so well and he was so like horrible to Emma Thompson that I'm actually glad he's dead just because, <laughs> yeah. just because of how horrible he was in Love Actually <laughs> very sad about the man but I'm glad that character from Love Actually is dead <laughs> yeah exactly there's no risk of him ever cheating on Emma Thompson now is there that really is the perfect casting like just you don't do that to Emma Thompson no exactly yeah she's uh, she's too pure for this world oh she's a delight Jesse she is an absolute delight but uh, yeah, I, I'm very hot and cold about love. Actually, I'm not Why? gonna lie to you. It's oh, Jesus. yeah, the music's going all happy. Like we just, I, I just wait. Alan we win. Dead. Yay! <laughs> oh, it, it's looping. It's looping. And I was like, bring it back, guys. Bring it back. Yeah, now. bring it back. Bring it back. We're, okay. we're all happy. Rickman's no longer here. Um, why are you hot and cold on love? Actually, what's wrong with it? It's brilliant. Um, I don't know. I just I, some bits are good. Other bits are like yeah. Bill Nye is incredible. Yeah, he reminds me of your dad. <laughs> I should kind of see that. Let's get pissed and watch porn. Him and Phil um, Beer, that's how I pictured our life together. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, um, that's a very astute observation, actually. You'd be surprised. Thank you. And, um, yeah, that bit's good. We get to see um, Stacey from Gavin and Stacey. Her boobs are in this film, Max. They are. They are, Jesse. We get to see her boobs. That's good. We get to see other boobs as well. The American girl that has the special needs brother when she um, starts shagging the American, the um, British guy from 
her office and then has to it gets interrupted because um her brother's being all mental or something uh we see a bit of side boob there there's a there's a lot of it's an underrated boob flick and <laughs> again welcome to jesse's sticky flip book <laughs> i give love actually four out of five nipples <laughs> it's quite a interesting rating system you got there yeah, it's good. And the office tar that Alan Rickman tries to bone. There's a bit when we just see her in her flat, just getting undressed for no reason. It's got no it's no service to the plot or anything. It just cuts to her. She takes her clothes off in her flat, and then it just carries on with the story. Just a lazy way of justifying Rickman's actions, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, yeah, she looked she looked up to trot. Oh, and she had nice red lingerie on. I remember it well. Between that and the red outfit that Jasmine wears when she's Jafar's slave. Um, it's done. It's done weird things to me. <laughs> You've gone a bit of a journey here with you. <laughs> yeah, sorry. All right, question two. Question two. <laughs> On to sport. Ah. I'm Which country won the FIFA World Cup in 2010? Ooh. Um. I noticed because I watched it with some Germans. Ah. Um. 2010. 2010. God, you know, how mad is that? I can't remember. Um, Stop reading that book by George Washington. What is that? How mad is that? <laughs> how strange. Peculiar. I, be- I bequeath to you my sincerest <laughs> idiosity. Um, oh, I'm going to have to take a punt. Uh, Spain. Ooh, what a punt it was. Did I get it? You did. Nah, brilliant. Nice. I just know... Like, because I wasn't really watching football in 2010 all that much, but I remember everyone saying, Spain are good, didn't they? <laughs> so I thought, yeah, maybe maybe they won. <laughs> yeah, I was watching it with the Germans, and the Germans were obviously sporting Germany. Nice. But I think it's going to go mental again. Well, we got to the... Yeah, we got... That's never, that's never happened to us on our quiz before. I guess we get through it a lot quicker, normally. <laughs> normally. We did just spend a good five-minute chunk on talking about uh, Alan Rickman in Love, actually. Yeah, we did. After See, you, you mentioned it. <laughs> It kicks off. <laughs> and it's like, it's the music is like, is Alan Rickman still dead? Yes, he is! <laughs> <laughs> uh, question, I thought, I was hoping you were going to struggle with that one. Jesse could only get one wrong answer, by the way, so... Uh, oh, what? You never told me that? Yeah, that's always been the rule. No, it hadn't. It's, oh, yeah, maybe it has. All right, carry on. Thank you. Question number three. Yep. We're going to the realm of television. Which critically acclaimed American drama aired its final episode, Felina, on September 29th, 2013? That would be um, my favourite TV show of all time, the iconic Breaking Bad. Iconic! Correct. Good, say that again. Iconic! <laughs> it's very good. Um, yes, Felina. Fe- what was it called? Felina. Felina. Which is an anagram of finale. Oh. There you go. That's Look at Jesse dropping knowledge. Yeah, see, I know all this shit. Do I get a bonus point for that? No, you do not. Fuck your mother. <laughs> but what an episode. Oh, a fantastic episode. I actually thought that the standards of Breaking Bad dipped slightly in the second half of that season. And then that finale episode happens and you're just like, holy shit, Snacks, this is like just the greatest finish ever. Have you watched uh, the old Al Camino yet? No, I've been too busy. I haven't been in the house long enough to watch it, have you? Yeah, I have. You need to get your life together. Can you give me a spoiler-free um, thumbs up or down? It's good. Okay, thank you. That's all I need. I will I will watch it. I'm home now, um, but Shenmue's out, so it's tricky. But I'll, um, I will do my best. I appreciate that. That's all. Did you finish Pokemon in the end? 
No. No. Where did you get to? Sort of dropped off. Uh, I think I got six badges, six or seven badges. Okay. And then I sort of thought it was I sort of got to the point where it was like, eh, I've got my team now. I, they're all fully evolved. I'm not going to see anything particularly new and exciting. And I just sort of forgot about it. Maybe I should get back to it. I don't know. It, I, I did enjoy it, but I don't know if it's rose tinted glasses or if they were actually better. But it just didn't hold my attention like something like Gold and Silver did. Well, no, Gold and Silver's a, a masterpiece of, of video gaming. But is that rose tinted glasses? No, it's a that... masterpiece of video gaming. Okay, good. I'm, I'm glad about that. I agree with you. I love that you're just trusting my opinion. It's <laughs> because I said it forcefully. You're like, okay, yes, 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 that must I'm, be it. I'm very easily led. You are. Question number four. We're going to the panel. <coughs> Jesus. Sorry. Sorry, got a bit coffee. I've got a sore throat. You're lucky I'm here at all. Am I? <laughs> Am I? <laughs> Am I? Question number four. Finance. Fine arts? Finance. Oh, that's all right. No, it's not. That's worse. <laughs> that's what's going on. What are you talking about finance for? Oh, hang on. Oh, Jesus. Hang on. We ready, everyone? Alan Rickman. Is Alan Rickman dead? <laughs> Alan Rickman's dead, though. <laughs> Alan Rickman. Yes. Yes. <laughs> God bless you, sir. Snape, you're my head of house. <laughs> All right, go for it. Four. Okay. Question number four. The new polymer ten-pound note entered circulation in 2017. Whose picture features on the reverse? Oh, I might know this. You use um, money every day, Jesse. I use money every day, but I don't. No, but you don't do. You use contactless cards nowadays. I don't get money out. That's yeah, your fault for being a stupid millennial. That's a, oh, I, I only work in dollars now since I've been to Texas. That's all I do. Um, and theirs haven't changed in like 200 years. No, exactly. There's Not lots of dead presidents on them. Yeah. Um, I think on the £10 note that went into circulation, whatever you said it was. 2017. Yeah, all right. Um, it is um, the war hero bullfrog himself, Winston Churchill. Am I wrong? Jane Austen. Ah, what's Jane Austen doing? What has she ever done for the world? It was the 200 year anniversary of her death is when they put her on there. And she's ah. the only woman apart from the queen who features on the notes. Churchill's on one of them, though, isn't he? Five pound note. He replaced the original woman. Oh, he's a cheapskate. Five pound bloody note. It's fair enough. Well, that was a good guess of mine. It was a good guess of yours, and, you know, it, he is on currency. Yeah, there you go. So I was sort of right, so I get half a point, eh? Exactly. If we had to, because in America, obviously, you have the famous presidents that you put on there, like... Do we have any, like, memorable British Prime Ministers that you put on there? Well, Churchill. He's already on there. Churchill's, yeah. like, the iconic one, isn't he? Bit um, of Maggie Thatcher. Yeah, for better or worse, she's remembered, isn't she? Um, a lot more than many others. She is iconic! Yeah, <laughs> uh, she is. Um, Lord Palmerston might be, oh. might be one. Interesting um, thing to pull out. Yeah, he's the one that... Uh, do you remember when Barney's arguing with... Um, arguing with the boxer um, in Moe's in The Simpsons about who the greatest British Prime Minister ever was. Of course, that's why you remember and it. Then you Barney had... goes, Lord Palmerston! I thought you had genuine British history knowledge then. Well, well I know he was a British Prime Minister. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Question number five. Five. Gotta get this. You gotta get this, Jesse. And it's a bit of a doozy. Well, it's not. It's a 50-50 toss. <coughs> I love a 50-50 toss. I toss whenever I get the chance, mate. <laughs> Sticky flip book. In <laughs> February 2015. Hang on. Hold that thought. Hold that thought. There's something happening over here. Yeah, so I think Alan Rickman's trying to talk to us from beyond who, the grave. Who was the head of Slytherin again? Alan! Are you there? There he is. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, beautiful. Oh, that's... that's... Oh, oh, God. I'm no, sorry, Alan. Forget about that bit. Peace be with you. Okay. Final question. For all the marbles, Jesse, I'll ever win against tens. Should we do a quiz next week for Steve? Yeah, why not? He we dick him over like he did Canadian with wrestlers. The most obscure Canadian jobbers of all time quiz. Should we do it with British wrestlers and then they'll just rinse it and we'll be like, fuck. Yeah, shall we? Should we do like the um, the sunflower that was in attack or something? Grandpa sunflower. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Okay, final question. All the marbles. Tension is here. Nobody's listening anymore at this point. <laughs> in, fe- <laughs> in February 2015... A dress became a viral phenomenon when it appeared to be different colours to different people. But eventually they confirmed what the actual dress colour was. Which two colours was it confirmed to be? Do I get an option? Whatever the dress colours were. So, I remember remember this. Um, I I can't remember. Did some people think it was grey? And other people thought it was brown. Or okay, something. I forget you're a little bit colorblind. So the people either saw white and gold, or they saw blue and black. Okay. Um, I reckon it was blue and black. God have mercy on our souls. Jesse Benz has the top three moments of yes! the 2010s. Awesome. Play me some victory music. <laughs> you actually had something, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that's made me happy. Casa Benita! Casa, Casa Benita! <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant, thank you. I'd like to thank um, my family, who gave me no support in this quiz. Um, but I didn't need their help anyway. Um, so yeah, I remember that dress. And uh, thank you for giving me the options. Um, do you... Are you still there? <laughs> everything went really quiet for ages (laughs) Um, just walked off so yeah (laughs) I wouldn't be surprised Um, do you remember the other one as well when um, you'd hear a sound and some people heard one word and some people heard the other that's what I always hear the thing that I always love about those kind of things is that you think they're stupid until you're with someone who goes who says the opposite of what you hear or see and then it just turned into, you know, hate crimes and war against each other. Yeah, basically. It's, I, I just couldn't understand. It was so clearly, yeah, to me that I couldn't understand. Yeah. Like, I, I, rem- I remember the dress. I was in a Weatherspoons with like a bunch of work people. And we were just having like a normal conversation. And, you know, like Spoons have got all the TVs and stuff. And then like a Sky News thing popped up with the dress. And immediately, there must have been about 100 people in this bar. Immediately, every conversation was, it's fucking black and blue. <laughs> it's white and gold. Just immediately. It was amazing. But as we all know. It was black and blue. It was that black and blue. Fact. It was black and blue. That I think I saw. I, I can't remember what I saw. Uh, let me have a. I don't know if there's a way to look at it now. 
the dress. Oh, um, yeah, probably not. Um, let's move yeah, I, I, I saw black and blue. You saw black and blue. I, yeah. I have no idea. But as, as you quite rightly said, my eyes don't do what they're supposed to do. Um, let's talk about wrestling. <laughs> oh, forgot about that. <laughs> Are you ready? Oh, hell yeah. You fans can stick it, brother. Who's your daddy, Montreal? Tell me he didn't just say that. Me! Forgot about that drop, didn't I? You did. You you were eager. (laughs) You're eager. It's good. It's a good old drop. Still love it. Uh, We stick it with it for 2020. That one definitely. Maybe we'll change up the intro. Yeah, that's I'm not a bit bad bored idea. of the intro. Yeah, all right. That's, yeah, we need something a bit more up, upbeat. We need something quicker for the intro. Can we get something that sounds scary? Yeah, I can do a scary style intro. Bit of um, offbeat guitar and trumpet and that. Oh, we love offbeat guitar and trumpet. We love trumpet. I am the drop king. So <laughs> yeah, you are in many ways. Um, um, like Okada has the two awesome drop kick, you are the two awesome drop king. Wow! There you go, wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> I I did a wrestling tweet about voting, which I thought was quite clever. I replied to it. You did. It's like the only Twitter activity I've done in about three years since we started the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, I don't do anything on Twitter. Uh, I've got my own account. I don't use it. I logged on just to do that little reply. Then I went off again into my corner. It, it, it did fairly well, but then I noticed we dropped two followers. So clearly, someone wasn't a fan. Oh. I know. Oh, but well. it was, I, I said, listeners, in case you missed it, this is funny, this. Not a political account. We just talk about the graps. However, wrestling community, please go lay the smackdown at your local polling station. Put a mark in the right box, get your party over and make sure the opposition is buried. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Inspired. And what was my what was my reply? What was your reply? Something like um the election to me looks like Daniel Bryan versus Kerwin White or something like that. That was it. That was it. (laughs) Which was good. Kerwin I don't know how many people remember Kerwin White. I miss that guy. Not enough. Not enough. No. It's really um, weird when we come out of the quiz and we've had music under us for so long and then it's just empty silence behind us. It's bringing on a panic attack. I'm not going to lie to you, mate. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's better. Hey, Thank you. Welcome oh, to just, the top five. I can just feel myself calming now. Holy shit, oh. this has been 45 minutes. And we haven't done anything. All right, let's go. Um, so, <laughs> right, I'm going to go with number five because um, that's where we start. Um, I don't um, want to do this. I know, it's all right. We'll fly through these. You know how quick we are with the actual wrestling chat. Yeah, this will be 15 um, minutes. Yeah, Do you remember yeah. like, when we started this, we did like two-hour episodes just purely based on wrestling? On wrestling, we'd have debates and all sorts. I think we're pretty well-versed in each other's um, likes and opinions on wrestling now. It's it's the rest of the world we need to explore together. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, hey, oh, while I think about it, we need to sort out our German trip that we keep talking about. We do. Uh, is that a 2020 journey? I think so, yeah. It's going to happen in 2020. Let's go do it. And Me and Jesse have been talking about uh, having a little uh, Anton Deck bromance trip to uh, to the motherland. Not the motherland. 
but we're gonna we're going <laughs> well, on a little I'm, holiday. I'm a bit German. I'm an eighth German. You're an eighth German. Yeah, that's a weird percentage. My great grandparents were German. That makes me eighth, doesn't it? Yeah, I'd say so. There you go, maths. My great grandparents were Jewish, so we would not have got on. Oh dear, they're a nationality now in America. Trump signed the thing. Yeah, we debated that the other day. Yeah, we did. All right, we're getting sidetracked again. Uh, yeah, we're going to go into Germany. Uh, we're going to go. It'll be nice. Uh, I want to go see a German football match, if that's all right with you. Yeah, that's fine. Um, yeah, the Bundesliga is a very, very good league, and it's very affordable, and it's a league of the people, and being a socialist lefty scumbag that I am, I appreciate that sort of thing. And it has a and very funny name. The Bundesliga. Bundesliga. <laughs> Bundesliga. Hey, there's a... Um, I can't remember what country they're from. Is it Netherlands or something? There's a team called BSC Young Boys, and they just renamed their stadium the Wankdorf Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> the Wankdorf Stadium, home of the Young Boys. Home of the Young Boys. It's 100% true. How brilliant is that? It was my favourite headline of last week. Oh, that should have been in the quiz. That's, that's the gold we were missing. <laughs> No, I'd like to right. because I, I have some uh, a very close friend of mine in Germany, also called Max, and uh, it would be nice to hang out with him. He could take us some football games. Nice. Let's go see um, Eins Max. That'll be fun. Um, okay, number five, mine. Starting strong. You ready? Nine. Yes. Back in, can't remember the year. Um, WrestleMania thirty. Daniel Bryan um, defeat defied all the odds. They did on one night on WrestleMania thirty. He beat Triple H, Batista, and Randy Orton to become the world heavyweight champion, the ultimate underdog, also the best produced um, video package WWE have ever made with the monster, a monster, a monster, going through his career and that. And um, I think that moment of Daniel Bryan winning both those titles and Mania 30 just being essentially the Daniel Bryan show was an incredible moment and something, and it was the start of things like the stars that we get in NXT and um, things like that, I think started because of this um, Daniel Bryan movement. And I think it's a very pivotal, pivotal moment of the last 10 years. I would agree. And the, the standout shot and they nailed it. So there's two shots. The first one they fucked up, they tried to get a shot of Daniel Bryan. And then this guy lifts up like a yellow sign. Oh and yeah. That the camera view. That's brilliant. But the, <laughs> the shot where he's on the announcer's table and he's lifting both bouts and the pyro is going off, that is such a beautiful kind of last shot. Um, yeah. Very reminiscent of WrestleMania 20, which again was won by a, a short person in Chris Benoit. <laughs> short person's allowed, Jesse. and uh, Which is weird because Daniel Bryan emulated Chris uh, Benoit so much that it was, wow, I said Chris Benoit before you did. That was odd. Um, no, I meant, I meant to say there was. Um, do you remember there was going to be a? Um, oh yes, the Wank big, Museum. Um, yes, yeah, he was going to be in the Wank Museum. <laughs> yeah, I did beat him. <laughs> but like he emulated uh, Daniel Bryan so much, and then to have his moment ten years later, let's hope that we don't get a repeat. Which, let's be honest, we could with the head injuries and everything that's happened. I'm banking on it. Birdie and Bree could be in trouble. That's all I'm saying. Oh god. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. The dog's already dead. Josie's <laughs> dead. Oh, no, is Josie dead? Josie died. When did Josie die? How can you just break it to me like that? I don't know. What's the matter with you? There's still the other dog. Nikki and John's dog. Oh, who cares about that dog? Josie's, but Josie's the one that I used to watch on Total Divas. Yeah, sorry, bad. When did Josie die? A couple of months ago. How? Natural causes. (laughs) Why is this hitting you harder than any other death I've told you about? (laughs) 
I just, I don't know, it just didn't, it doesn't seem right. All right, fine, I'm over it, it's cool. You're not? Um, no, I'm not. <laughs> I, can, I can sense it in your voice. It's fine. It's fine, I'll just cry later. I didn't realise that when, because I have a tradition of breaking wrestler deaths to Jesse before he finds out, I didn't know animals are included in that. Oh God, yeah, yeah, the, dog, the dogs are in the pool yard. Um <laughs> It's yeah. Um, I wonder when. Well, uh, the, the amount of snakes that Jake went through was obscene back in the day. When he talks about how many snakes um, died, as as they tend to, I suppose. Um, Do you think any of them in like accidentally ate some cocaine or? <coughs> oh God, yeah, of course. Oh, of course. <laughs> what a silly <laughs> question, Max. Yeah, that sort of shit. That and they've got not like they don't have noses, but they got nostrils, don't they? Like Voldemort, they're perfectly capable of um, of doing it. True. True. I never understand with you whether you want the world to be more like Voldemort or less like Voldemort due to your hatred of nose. I do hate noses. Uh, I think everyone would look better without a nose. Um, and I think Voldemort is the perfect looking man for that reason. <laughs> that will be on the plaque as you enter the museum. Yeah. Yeah. But ideally, like the nostrils shouldn't be there either. You just don't want anything there. You just want flat surface. That's a lot of space. Yeah, but it's all right. Yeah, there's a lot of space on your cheeks as well. But like, you get used to it, don't you? Your forehead's pretty big, like not yours, everyone's. And um, I, was say, you... I feel attacked. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's fine if you didn't have a nose. I think everyone would get used to it really quickly and realise that everyone looks prettier without a nose. Okay. Well, uh, well, there's no way for us to test this theory. It'll be in my manifesto when I run in <laughs> four years. <laughs> We should do that one one time. When, when we're a little bit older and we've got nothing else to do with our time, just each run a political campaign. All right. Just see what happens. But then what if we get really successful and then someone finds this podcast? Like the one person that's made it this far into this episode is like, wait, hang on. <laughs> hang on. They said they were going to do this. They're going to cut off noses. <laughs> going to cut off noses and kick labs to death. I think we said that in the first two minutes, so they don't want to have to go far. No, yeah, that's true. Yeah, they already know where our stance is on lamb kicking. <laughs> that's fine. Not ours. We're, we're not running together. Not running. Oh together. yeah. Oh, we're against each other. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. No, I'm down with that. All right, nice. I like a bit of um, unhealthy, toxic competition. <laughs> that's our whole friendship. <laughs> so yes. yes, Daniel Bryan did very well. Uh, yeah, he did very well that year. Um, it was great. It was. Uh, Mania 30, I actually watched, because um, I went a few years without watching wrestling, but I would watch Mania every year. Um, watch this one with my mate Rob at his flat, which was nice. And um, just, yeah, not knowing who anyone was, really. Um, like I hadn't particularly followed Daniel Bryan's career, but just watching that moment, you could just tell. They made him look like a massive deal, which was awesome. It's because he got over so organically. You had the Yes movement, the Occupy Roar, and just just everything leading up to that. There's so many individual moments in that Daniel Bryan hero story that you could talk about when he turns against Wyatt family. As I mentioned, Yes movement, Occupy Roar, all were such important pivotal moments, and it was the fans were so invested in it, and it was so cool that no one got sick of Daniel Bryan. Like the guy won two matches in one night and then still defeated two of the best wrestlers in WWE history. It's just, it's weird. Yep. Totally weird. Totally awesome. Um, one of the very few, very well executed um, storylines in the last 10 years from WWE. And potentially accidental because do you remember uh, Blue Tista coming back and winning the Rumble and how much everyone shit on that? 
Oh yeah, um, I feel bad now because I've grown to really like Batista as a person. But um, yeah, at the time he was his return was not well received, was it? Speaking of moments, you might have been in in the states when this happened, but uh, Dave Batista hitting on Dana Brooke over Twitter. For like... I, I saw bits of that actually. Oh. Uh, yeah, that that was pretty. Um, I was into that. That made me love Batista even more. And it worked. <laughs> Just, he, just, he knows he has millions of fans around the world. Half of them, you know, half is a bit harsh, but maybe like a quarter of them are like not even into wrestling. And they're just watching this dude who they like see in Guardians of the Galaxy just hitting on this random fitness model. Yeah, and, and absolutely nailing it. I love it. The man, the man is genius. I'm very happy he's in the Hall of Fame. We mentioned this last week, how weird it is that we watch someone debut, have a whole career, and now they're going into the Hall of Fame. It's yes. depressing. It is depressing, and um, yeah, I think it's officially the first person in the Hall of Fame that we've yeah we've witnessed everything they've done in professional wrestling, which is very strange. Exactly. Uh, yep, yeah, we're getting old. What's your number four? Number four is from the same event, actually, WrestleMania 30. Ah! And I think a very important moment, which a lot of people seem to have forgotten a little bit, but was so iconic and important, The it's Undertaker's Divas, Street. The Divas Battle Royale. <laughs> You're a terrible person. The Undertaker <laughs> streak ended at 21 and 1 when Brock Lesnar defeated him at <laughs> WrestleMania 30. It was ridiculous. I just, I remember where, again, like I said, I watched this, uh, not particularly keeping up with WE at the time, just watched this um, mania with my mate, and it was bizarre. When it happened, we were both just like, what the fuck? Like, we both just grabbed our phones and we were immediately just trying to find. Some, anything summit yeah i don't even know what we were looking for just some sort of confirmation. <laughs> just typing <laughs> in <laughs> it was it was <laughs> cracking your phone on your forehead <laughs> <laughs> like, i have no idea how to react or what to do like abby's like it must be a fuck up it must be a mistake like take it didn't kick out the referees fucked up something's happened like we just need to find backstage sources or something and just help me just validate this for us and that's why it was so genius because it was yeah it was a very sloppy match to begin with like we found out later undertaker got concussed quite early on in the match which made it even more of a clusterfuck but it had yeah. been this point now where what did i say like 20 21 and one so yeah by this wrestlemania it was like oh, another undertaker street match of course he's gonna win and it's brock unlikely kind of kind of deal that, that he'll end it it just it wasn't built up enough for this to be the end of undertaker streak like you look at video packages in the past of like him versus Shawn michaels even shit with mark henry was more like believable than brock ending it because they they sold it in a way of like i will end the streak and to my memory i don't remember them really having that kind of package and interaction between the two no, not at all. And Brock wasn't the monster that he became after that. Then, really, yes, like this was the he was kickoff. sort of, he was sort of, you know, a big star and everything. But he would, you know, the year before Triple H had beaten him at WrestleMania, and um, when he very first came back, John Cena beat him in his first pay per view. Like he wasn't a, um, he wasn't like this unstoppable force. It was very much this that turned him into that, wasn't it? Yeah, completely, and when he hit that f5 and it was just was it just a one f5 i can't remember now no th it was three f5s that he three hit. f5 i remember because he hit the third f5 and i remember looking at rob and going fuck it out um taker's gonna kick out of three f5s that's a bit much and then he didn't <laughs> it was like whoa <laughs> oh, what the i see yeah and like, um, so it was such a foregone conclusion that taker was gonna win so yeah like everyone 
was so confident at that point because like he beaten it just made sense for sean to be the one to kind of end it when and if sean wasn't going to end it then no one was going to end it he was just going to retire and that was going to be it uh and then third f5 one two three no music plays paul Heyman does a fantastic job and he just he is the only noise in the arena like normally you would get some form of crowd reaction and there is just this (gasps) and then silence it was Heyman's idea, apparently, to um, to not play the music straight away. It was genius because the crowd went dead silent because they thought, <coughs> it's, a it's a mistake, something's gone wrong. And then the music didn't play, which kind of affirmed that, and they just let them sit in silence. And then they played the music, put the graphic up, 21 and 1, and, oh, the booze. Yeah, that's when, it was when that graphic came up that, Everyone realized. realized that oh, okay, it was um, supposed to happen. But yeah, I, I wonder if. Um, do you think the ref knew? I don't know, because to me he seemed hesitant. Like I don't know if that's just remembering, you know, as being caught up in the moment. But I was just remember being very hesitant when he did the free count. Yeah, I suppose he's got an earpiece, hasn't he? Um, like so, maybe halfway through the match or so or as he's doing the count you, you just get McMahon's voice in his ear like call it as a shoot or something and, and yeah exactly and oh man just that is like in a worked sport eliciting a reaction like that is crazy isn't it yes completely it's to get people who are like inside a man and think they know the business and to still shock and surprise them like that is, is quite a gift. And it's weird because that moment's been forgotten a little bit. Cause obviously Undertaker came back after that and he had a couple of matches and lost to Roman. So it, it kind of, his legacy has definitely been tainted since then, but it'll be interesting to see how future generations kind of view Undertaker's streak because for us living it every year we we lived it up until that moment whereas they're just going to watch like a dvd compilation of his matches where he wins it's like when we always say about Undertaker <coughs> sean the first time you can't recreate that magic no you can't yeah you can't watch that knowing knowing who wins it's just not the same the suspense is part of the mastery of it exactly but- it's yeah. It's I don't think the streak will be remembered by younger generations as anything particularly great, especially now that what well, he lost to Roman as well, didn't he? At Mania, he did. um, a couple of so now he's like twenty three and two or something random, like just a number that doesn't make any sense. And it's yeah, it's just um, it's not anything worth writing home about anymore. It's been ruined in recent years, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, he's very very tainted now, which is which is a shame. Which is a shame. Um, Hey, I've got that figure on the way. I, I, bought, I bought the, um, from Ringside Collectibles, I bought the action figure of Undertaker dressed as Kane. Oh, yes. I, of course you bought it. I remember yeah. you showing it me, but... It's so weird and abstract, isn't it? But yeah, it's on its way from the States now. So it's an action figure of Kane's body with Undertaker's head. But you can remove Undertaker's head and put Kane's head on to make it a proper Kane as well if you want. So it's two in one, really. Like, it'd be rude not to buy it. <laughs> it'd be rude. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Hit me with your best shot or your number three. My number three is um, I'm going to travel to the Orient. You can't say that anymore. um, For um, the first Omega versus Okada match headlining Wrestle Kingdom. Now this this is very important. So 
I've been so when was this? Uh, twenty fifteen? No, later than that. Twenty sixteen. Sixteen, maybe seventeen, something like that. Not that long ago, a couple of years ago. So, you know, we're grown ups. We were grown ups then. We'd been wrestling fans for a long, long time. I didn't know wrestling could be that good. <laughs> it's true. Like that was for for how many years and decades we've been watching, we'd never seen that. Exactly. It was just next level. Like it's, and I know, like the, the other okay, Amada, oh, fucking hell, <laughs> Okada, <laughs> Omega, man. <laughs> I'm having a strong. Um, <laughs> the other Omega Okada matches um, were insanely good as well, and arguably better than this one. Some people think. But the first one, because there was that element of, you, know, you you went into it not knowing it was going to be one of the best things you've ever seen, whereas the other ones, you knew that they had that to live up to. It's just, ah, oh, it, yeah, just a stunning match. I've never seen anything like it. Um, and again, that's a match that um, you was way better the first time when you didn't know who was going to win because it just made it all the more exciting. Felt like Omega could very realistically win. Um yeah, just insane. Just I didn't know. I, I was a bit burnt out on wrestling. I was like, oh, surely everything's been done. Wrestling's been around for ages. It's never going to be as good as it was. And then I saw that, and it was like, oh no, actually, we we might be in um, we might be in the best like technically the best period of wrestling quality there's ever been. And this is, in my opinion, this January um, twenty sixteen is what kicked off the wrestling boom and made it so exciting because this was my first ever Wrestle Kingdom that I watched. Um, I got into New Japan uh, mid-2015, late 2015 uh, with one of the tournaments and then this was my first Wrestle Kingdom and what a Wrestle Kingdom to start with and you're right I was watching this show and I was like oh this is really cool like oh that Naito's pretty cool and Takahashi you know love me some Los Ingobernables was where this started and then it just yeah it got insane and then i saw goto and shibata just headbutt each other and i was like okay that's pretty cool <laughs> and then naito and tanahashi i was like this is fucking cool and then okada and omega not knowing anything about the two and then seeing them put on and let's not forget this is the first match to ever break the dave Meltzer star rating system yes this is true which is a whole nother buzz moment of itself which sounds ridiculous because it's just one man's opinion but when he gave this match six stars the internet didn't stop talking about it for i think about two three days it was uh, at least i I feel like um, it was brought up months after and it was like uh, when omega and okada have another great match it's like what's that gonna be rated how the fuck's that gonna work and i think he went with six and a quarter stars didn't he yeah yeah it just kept Um, getting better and better and they always talk about seeing the the steamboats and the flare matches and you know these iconic matches from back in the day in the territories that you're like okay i'm sure they were good but they don't really hold up to to modern standards of what i can appreciate and then here we have this modern day classic unfolding in front of us and it's just 46 minutes of pure wrestling genius it's incredible whenever i start to fall out of love with wrestling just slightly i go back and watch this match yeah i keep i keep a new japan subscription going just in case i ever need to watch this match (laughs) like that's the only reason (laughs) i have it yeah and uh it's insane and oh you just i don't know there's no words to describe the feeling of when you watched it and what it still resonates as and it completely changed in my opinion this was the turning point for just wrestling in general not just we as the main product it was like holy shit there's other stuff out there putting on 
far substantial products. And then this kicked off the UK wrestling boom. I, think, I feel I like substantial is a word, right? It is now after four years. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I feel like the UK wrestling boom really kicked off after this as well. Uh, a lot of US promotions opened up, and uh, yeah, it was just it was awesome. Yeah, so yeah, just incredible. Just never said anything like it. Don't think I ever will again. No, um, I personally number- loved the the two out of three falls match, the the final where Kenny wins. But that's just a nice wrap up of story. yeah it's a good one i really like their g1 match as well um but they're all good aren't they um but the the first just going in blind on that first one was something really special yes yeah is that one as we mentioned with the undertaker streak and and that kind of stuff is it something you can still watch or show to a new fan or a new person who hasn't seen it and still get that reaction no i think i think you have to show it to a wrestling fan Mm. Um, I don't think you can. Sh- I don't think it's one of those get someone into wrestling matches. I mean, it's forty-seven minutes long for a start, True. and <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it's like a um, you know, like you get like posh wine, and wine connoisseurs will love it. But if you don't like wine, you won't like that. You won't like the most expensive wine in the world if wine isn't your thing. Uh, that's what this match is to wrestling. You won't appreciate the nuances. Exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think that's fair. I think that people would appreciate Okada trying to no Omega trying to kill Okada with that reverse poison rana from the top rope. Yes, that was incredible. And the and the backdrop to the outside of the ring when Kenny goes through the table. Yes, which we thought was only possible in video games. <coughs> exactly. It used to take hours to set up the table correctly on Here Comes the Pain to make sure your dude went over the ring ropes and um, Okada and Omega bust it out in one. And you just fucking nail it. It's mad. Maddening. Um, oh, that's tricky. You've messed up my, my list order now. Soz. Number three, number three, number three, number, number three. two. What? You're on number two. Oh, God, yeah, we're sharing a top five. This was a terrible idea. <laughs> There's a lot of things to talk about after this. Um, okay, so I think number two, most important, the CM Punk pipe bomb. Oh, you motherfucker, you just took my one. Hey. Yes. Uh, CM Punk pipe bomb we've mentioned on the, the podcast before it is the Austin 316 promo of this generation. It is iconic. It is iconic. It is <laughs> important. Um, and it, it was, it was a game changer in terms of how WE approached their products, how wrestling was viewed um, for the first time ever. Punk was addressing companies outside of WE, which was unheard of. He was, talking shit about real stuff that was happening and it was real it it was wrestling is great when it's real wrestling is great in two occasions when we has their back to the wall is when wrestling is great and when wrestling is honest is it great yes i completely agree and it's yeah it's just letting someone be themselves makes such a difference doesn't it this is key and i i think this is what I'm seeing in AEW a lot is just allowing people just to talk naturally versus a very controlled scripted. It just comes across, it, it does come across unnatural and just, you can't connect with that person. Even though you can't tell that it's scripted per se, you're still not connecting with that person. Yes. And and you're not kind of getting that. But when, when CM Punk starts to promo, John Cena has been put through a table and he's like, John, I hope you're sitting comfortably. And you're like, okay, here comes a standard promo build up that we're going to do. And then he goes, 
you know, I don't hate you. I like you a hell of a lot more than I like a lot of the idiots in the back. And it's like, hang on, wait a minute, what? Yeah, and that I kind just, of kick off. The extra realism of cutting his mic out when he starts talking about the anti-bullying shit and stuff. Um, just, it's, it's incredible. It's just done so well. Feels so real. Um, for everything that we find that annoys us about CM Punk, I, I think he's a very flawed person and um, a bit of a jerk in quite a few ways. Uh, but um, the, all of that plays into a very, very charismatic personality. And he's the only person on the roster that could have really pulled this off the way he did. Oh, definitely. Because he, he's a bit of a prick. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's what made it work so well. He is that guy in the office who no one likes because they're rocking the boat constantly. And it's just like, yeah, dude, we know there's issues, but there's no need to like make a big song and dance about it. And he's like, no, I'm going to talk to fucking management about this. And it's like, oh my God, he's that guy. That's he's that, like, yeah. We constantly like on it and but he's so good at his promos and his delivery you watch uh we backstage his first show back that he did someone they asked him to cut a promo on this celebrity who called him out within a heartbeat he, he starts off a little bit like normal and then is just riffing off the top of his cuff and cuts one of the best promos i've seen this year across all of wrestling yeah yeah dude still got it he's so talented on that microphone it's it's disgusting yeah, yeah. On ridiculous. this microphone, in this ring, even on commentary, I I feel like I know it verbatim that pipe bomb. Yeah, now. just watched. I've watched it so many times. It used to be my go-to, like, like just my go-to thing to watch when um, I just wanted to feel pumped up. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, one of my favorite bits of that promo is when he turns to crowd, and this is always such a masterclass and people who can turn a crowd that are just so in love with you because the crowd are like, CM Punk, CM Punk. And he does the line of, uh, you people are much as a bigger part of the reason of why I'm leaving as anything else or something to that degree. Because yeah. you're the ones that are sipping out of the collector's cups and reading the magazines that I'm not on. And they just immediately were like, well, fuck you then. And that is yeah. genius. And so yeah, um, bothering me in the airport to sign something so you can sell it on eBay so that you don't have to get a real job. Yeah, that was it. That was the cut. That was the final <laughs> line, wasn't it? And that just immediately got heat, and it's like, yes, so yeah. good, so good. Yeah, it's brilliant. Um, but yeah, again, a game changing moment could have been an even bigger game changing moment if they had really committed to the storyline of Punk leaving and really dragged that out, as we've mentioned many times, many many times on this podcast. But uh, they chicken shit it out and ruined it but this moment and money in the bank 2011 perfection yep agree it, yeah it's a shame they ruined the storyline and it could have been done so much better but at the time it was just incredible so good do you remember Wait, just but, incredible i do remember just incredible and it took me far too long to realize that his name was a pun oh i know it took me a long time to realize dusty Rhodes was a pun just like what you just wrinkled my brain. Didn't you know? How has that taken me that long? <laughs> yeah, right. I think it was post his death that um, that I realised as well. Glass but... shatter. <laughs> yeah, Dusty Rhodes. Take me home. <laughs> Dusty Rhodes. Um, so um, that leads me to my number one. Uh, well, that was my number one, really. So um, I'm going to pull it back. Um, but I think it's still a very important moment. Um, I think the Sasha Banks Bailey match at the first NXT Takeover Brooklyn um, 
very good match, um, but the repercussions of that match and where we are now in women's wrestling, and it all started from this match, I believe, um, is insane. And it's defined this decade possibly more than anything else in wrestling as far as how far they've taken it and how far they continue to take it. Yeah, I, I had the women's revolution in kind of my list and it's so difficult to pinpoint a moment of when this happened. Like, did it start with AJ Lee sending out that tweet to Stephanie? Did it start with Paige and Emma in NXT? Did it start with the four horsewomen when they were first getting started or was it this feud here that really kicked it off? It's very... Or did it start with Nikki Bella? But some people <laughs> argue, Jesse. I don't know. I don't want to get angry hate mail. But it's so difficult to pinpoint when it all started. But I think you're right. This was the first time that a women's match got this kind of reaction in a good long time in, in, in that kind of audience. Like it was getting good reactions in NXT at uh, the house kind of shows, uh, you know, NXT tapings. But <clears throat> Brooklyn was the first real reaction. I think it's all very well. You sort of say, did it maybe start with AJ Lee's tweet or shit like that? Like, it's all very well chanting, give Divas a chance and say, give Divas a chance and all that shit. Uh, but this is this match at NXT Brooklyn is the first time we actually saw this generation of women prove they can. They were given a chance and they delivered, right? It's not yeah. like like it would have been a bit deflating. Oh, give Divas a chance. So, okay, we'll give them a 30-minute match. And it's just, they're just rolling around like in bikinis or something. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, um, that would have been shit and deflating and terrible. But because they delivered with an amazing match and proved that they're incredible wrestlers, that's what makes this the pivotal moment, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I think um, everyone can agree with that. And it, it's difficult to pin down, but I think the match quality is what, speaks for itself and what has continued to allow this evolution revolution whatever you want to call it or not put a label on it at all as as punk pointed out it, it's a very important element of of what happened in the future and we saw it grow and grow with charlotte and becky um obviously the four horsewomen have been important uh, but just <coughs> how women are viewed in terms of we now compared to even just 10 years ago is ridiculous what was 10 years ago? 2009? Yeah, God, it was... Um, we were in the not... Michelle McCool, Kelly Kelly era. 2009, right? So 10 years ago was WrestleMania 25. That was in 2009. Um, do you remember who won the um, the Divas Battle Royal at WrestleMania 25? I really don't. Santina Morella. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that's how seriously <laughs> we were taken back then. Yeah, just just baffling, and and now we've had the May Young Classic. Since then, we've had an influx of of Japanese female talent, which has been fantastic. One of the most iconic moments that I can think of is when Becky Lynch got her face broken, and there's that iconic shot with her arms open. Yeah, that's an iconic moment from from that standpoint. And how lucky was she that Nia broke her nose? That launched her career to no end. That must be that must be the luckiest face breaking in Ever. human history. Yeah. Without a doubt. Like, that shit was just ridiculous. <coughs> and then it led all up to WrestleMania 35, first ever women's main event, triple threat, Ronda Rousey, Charlotte, and Becky Lynch. Yeah. Whatever which, your uh, criticism of the matches, it was very important, and I enjoyed it. I was I was so fatigued by the like that WrestleMania, but when that was happening, I perked right back up because I was like, this is history, this is awesome. I can't wait to see what they kind of put on. Yeah, 
and Mania, I think it was Mania 32, um, the triple threat between Charlotte, Sasha and Becky. Mm. Um, Best that, match of the show. The only good match of the show, <laughs> I, would, um, <laughs> I would say. Um, yeah, I thought that was incredible. Yeah, and it, that was fantastic as well. And and now we've got women's tag team uh, titles and its own division. And you just have to look at NXT. The thing I find with, with WWE, the only... Um, I'm, I'm not a big WWE fan at the moment. You all know this um, at this point. But the, the main redeeming quality of what I do enjoy watching when I do have to watch pay-per-views is the women matches. Yeah. Like... Every single time, it's just they're they're out there and they're just doing it so well. And the matches are always the best uh, best match on the show. So, uh, yeah, for me, they've got the strongest women's division, especially in NXT at the moment. The NXT women's division destroys AEW's women's division in a heartbeat. It's so good. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. So good. <coughs> Sorry. Uh, yes. Um, just it's yeah it's insane it's just it's ridiculous and um they've um the women still they don't rest on their laurels like it feels like a lot of the dudes do do you know what i mean yeah yeah they're, they're every single time they're out there to prove it and and to do something different or to, to push the boundaries a little bit more whenever they're doing stuff which is really cool uh, so um yeah i love it and it, it was really cool to see to kind of see that evolution and the divas title got retired and the women's title came back and this opened the door for people like Beth Phoenix and Lita and Trish to come back in this cool modern era. It was really cool. Yeah, it was. And the and the first Women's Royal Rumble was good fun. Yes. The surprises that came from that and things like that was really, really cool. I like the second one as well. I hope, well, it is a yearly tradition now, but uh, yeah. Good shit. All, all been good times. Good so shit. that's a nice, concise five top moments of the decade i think uh, and i think that's important uh we, we've mentioned all of the top five ones the, the, the only one i would have put at number one was aew uh, the, the yeah the birth of aew is quite special obviously and um, it's redefined pretty much the wrestling landscape at this point and yes. but i didn't know where to start from it's like you could be really smarky and go from like bullet club in japan was really the kickoff of all of this or... yeah being the elite or all or nothing exactly and then you get to, to all in all in just all a, in is what i meant so yeah all in was just a one-off pay-per-view but it ended up becoming this oh shit people actually invest in this what if we started a tv show yeah. and then got the backing of the cans and it just the first episode of dynamite happened and yeah just just insane like i love AEW. i haven't missed an episode yet and it's oh, just nice. so nice to have this investment in wrestling again, which I've been missing for so long. Like for so many months and years, I was just checking out highlights of stuff, but now yeah. I actually tune in every week and watch the full two hours, which hasn't happened in years, my friend. Nice. I watched a bit. I've got it on series link on my telly. So every episode gets recorded. So I've got them all logged up to sort of wade through at some point. You're going to have a good day one day. Yeah. Man. Let me just blast through some honorable mentions because Jesse's getting tired and his throat hurts and he's very sleepy, bless him. <laughs> How can you tell? I just know you so well at this point. It makes me sad. <laughs> honorable mentions. AJ Styles debuts at the Royal Rumble. Yeah, massive. This was on my um, honorable mentions list as well. Uh, massive moment. A moment that... And AJ Styles feels so much... So p part of the WWE product now that it seems weird to think about but back when he debuted it genuinely felt like 
the one thing that would never happen, didn't it? It was like AJ Styles would never be in WWE. It's- yeah, like for people who don't understand that, compare it to Kenny Omega debuting at the Royal Rumble. It's yeah, just, it-, it is never going to happen. Not a chance in hell. AJ Styles has been going for 15 years. It was just, no, not even an option. And then I Am Phenomenal came up and a crowd lost their shit. And it was yeah. incredible. Loved it. That's one of my favorite Royal Rumble moments of all time. Yeah, me too. Festival of Friendship, one of the greatest promos of the decade. Ah, oh, yes, yeah, that's um, that's a be- beautiful segment. I did <laughs> um, enjoy that very much, and that was peak Jericho again. Jer- we could just t- Chris Jericho this, this decade. decade. Yeah, I have a has... few Jerichos to get to in this list. Yeah, just it... everything he's done has been incredible. Uh, Rollins portraying the Shield, I think, was the last memorable heel turn, which audibly shocked a crowd it's it's one of those moments where it's hard to shock a wrestling crowd but that moment did especially when you watch it back there's that one no before he hits the chair <laughs> yeah that was good and um, looking back as well everyone thought everyone sort of thought oh one of the shields gonna turn heel eventually um, everyone assumed it was gonna be dean ambrose they thought he was gonna go heel and um, I'm really glad that they went with Seth because Seth was always the, oh, he's the athletic one, but he doesn't really have a personality. Yep. And once he turned heel, a shitbag like heel Seth Rollins was absolutely awesome. And shitbag R- Rollins is back again, so all is right with the world. Well, that's good news. Um, as long, But I, I miss J&J security. We need to get Seth Rollins back well, now, with J&J security. Well, now he has uh, Aikam and Razor AOP as his like, bodyguards, so it's like someone just space-jammed the uh, J&J security. <laughs> it's like that. Or like pump, <laughs> pump them up like um, Bane in, um, <laughs> in Batman and Robin when um, Arnold Schwarzenegger... No, who, it wasn't Arnold Schwarzenegger, was it? Who played Bane in... Batman and Robin. I can't remember the actor now. When a... George Clooney was. Yeah, yeah. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger was Mr. Freeze, wasn't he? Yeah. I still see you. <laughs> I still see you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, an important moment, I think, between us as friends was uh, Nakamura's debut. Yes, um, that was awesome. Particularly me being such a massive Sami Zayn mark as well. I was just so happy that um, someone who felt like a living legend at the time, WWE had fucked that up, but at the time, Nakamura <laughs> felt like a proper like, wrestling he was royalty, a rock god. didn't he? Yeah. yeah, he had that um, aura about him. Exactly. It felt like a huge deal that he was coming to WWE and NXT, and he got Sami Zayn as his first match, and it was like, oh, this is so fucking cool. And it was. It was an amazing match. Yeah, you, me, Aaron and Cromy sitting on that sofa waiting for the music to hit. We basically spaffed in unison, didn't we, when he came out? <laughs> <It's me! laughs> and then napped and missed the whole match it was beautiful um hardy's returning um at wrestlemania that was a very cool moment i i'm a sucker for a good pop like i love a good pop and then when hardy's music hits that's the loudest pop i've probably heard this uh this decade one of the- yeah that was a cool moment and the added again they sort of tricked the internet didn't they they did a very good job at sort of sneaking around and making sure that Every, making sure that loads of fans had seen them in a completely different place yeah, to the point where everyone Ring was like, of Honor the night before and all yeah, that yeah, kind of yeah. stuff. It was like, there's no way they'll be in wherever the hell they were for this uh, WrestleMania. Exactly. And, um, they, but yeah, they made it. And um, yeah, that was cool. That was, um, again, a memorable moment of another fairly poor WrestleMania. Yeah. Second Jericho moment. Jericho shows up in New Japan Pro Wrestling. 
Yeah. Um, well, what was no? The, but the best one was when he actually showed up, right? So the first one, he appeared on the screen, and it was like, oh my god, Jericho's got up a new Japan match. That's amazing. And then the second time he appeared on the screen, and then the lights come up, and Jericho's actually standing in the ring in Japan, and beat seven shades of shit out of Kenny Omega, <laughs> and. But that was awesome because, like, the fact everyone thought, oh, he's just going to do these like um, monitor uh, promos until Wrestle Kingdom and turn yeah. up for that match, one and done. But the fact that he actually went all the way to Japan and, yeah, like, did his bit, put his shift in, you know, building up the storyline actually there was just awesome. And no one expected that. And that was the transformation of uh, Drunk Dad Jericho, which we now have. And, uh, I, I swear to God, I don't know if this is character or not with him at the moment, whether he honestly believes he's the greatest thing living today or your <laughs> character. You really don't know. No. Um, it's Yeah, I, I don't care either, really. No, I, I, love, I love Drunk Dad. Yeah, I've never been 100% sure whether Ric Flair's playing a character or just, I think he believes <laughs> his hype, doesn't he? That's just Ric Flair. And that's what Chris Jericho has become. And I'm more than happy with that. Yep, definitely. Um, what a Moxley debuting at Double or Nothing. That was a what the fuck is happening? Yeah, that was a cool moment. That was a cool moment. That was a oh okay. So so we're meaning business with this company. And I was proved complete. I was convinced that Ambrose leaving WWE was a work. The way they did it as well. Absolutely, it was so yeah. Weird. I was absolutely. You could probably go back on this podcast and find me aggressively arguing saying like there's no way they would be this public about a wrestler leaving and still put him on telly what's the point of that um they would just quietly get rid of him like they have everyone else but no they i don't know why we did it that way but they did made us all think that it was a work and then up he pops in double or nothing yeah and it, and he's <coughs> killing it. absolutely killing it yeah we helped him if anything the yeah. way they booked him before he left <laughs> Yeah, they really did, and I'm more than happy for it because loving him in in an AEW. It's this is this is the Dean we wanted, the the old Mox that we wanted yeah. to see. Uh, another kind of personal friend moment. I think it was a very cool moment, but we all had a great time watching it. Was the heist of the century? Rollins cashing in on Brock Lesnar. That was awesome. That was that was a great WrestleMania Mania 31. Um, and it's strange because like none of the matches are particularly stand out in quality, but just the pacing of the matches and the way it was done. Uh, the whole show was really, really fun to me and probably um, added to the fact that um, that we were all there watching it together, like made it special, didn't it? I think that was our first uh, first mania, wasn't it? Because in a long time, yeah. Before that, and then we were like, we're going to get together for mania. And then this was like the first one that we did. Um, our first big group mania. Yeah, and it was just really, really fun. and. It started off with like the the Rollins curb stomp RKO. Rusev came down with oh. a tank. Apparently, Sting was Japanese with his drums, <laughs> Heiko drums. Who knew? Um, yeah, the Ronda came back. Yeah, it's just weird, man. It was. It was a great. Maybe it just gave all fans what they wanted, didn't it? Like nostalgic fans, new fans. Everyone got something quite fun. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I've mentioned the popularity of British wrestling and wrestling in general. That was a very cool couple of months. There's no particular moment, just just generally Pete Dunne showing up with the NXT title when you're at shows and the place being packed and you don't know who's coming out and who's special. Like, There's so many cool moments from that year, year and a half that are just so special and, and awesome that uh, I just, I just kind of had to get that in there. Yeah, totally. Yeah, just the whole explosion of it was—it was a very exciting time to be British. Yeah, um, Shibata returning at the G1 finals. 
I thought was an amazing moment. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, Shabbat is awesome. Did and, a back bump, um, I'm alive, left. Love it. Yes, yeah, yeah. It's so memorable, isn't it? It's such a small, like, just 45 seconds of television that it will stick with us forever. Yes, I'm alive. <laughs> I didn't realise that, because uh, Brock's been around, he debuted in 2012, <laughs> Brock's music hitting against yeah. uh, John Cena. Everyone kind of knew, didn't they? That but it they was didn't happening. know when. Yeah, like... yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, uh, yeah that was cool. music hit and everyone lost their shit. And we were like, we remember Brock, he's back. And also, the WWE Network debuted this decade. That's something we never thought we'd have. That's true. Yeah, you think of the amount of money we spent on um, DVDs uh, from CEX. And, oh. and, oh, just crazy amount of money. If we could have that money back and now we just pay nine ninety nine a month to have... Our library adds so much more um, on offer. It's mental, really. Too much to even watch. Like, if we had this when we were about 13, 14, I, I don't think we would have survived. Oh, my God. We both still live at home, and we'd still be making our way through it now. <laughs> I'm 35 years old. <laughs> we'd just be, yeah, we'd be, uh, my my museum and um, sticky flipbook would be well on hold, mate. <laughs> Uh, if anything happens to you, mate, I'm going to make that museum. Oh, thanks, buddy. You're welcome. Uh, final two, Bret Hart returns to WE, which again was a uh, Hail Mary hoping hell chance that was ever going to happen again. Yeah, um, I don't bet you're... I mean, sort of the, the moment of him coming back was kind of cool, but I still think they didn't they didn't do it well, particularly. Oh, God, I mean? they, they ruined it horribly, but it was it was an important moment for him. Him and Sean hugging, and oh, it was beautiful, Justin. Yeah, I watched TNA that night. That was the night that TNA went head-to-head on Monday night with Raw. And, um, I was texting, you and Rob were watching it, and we were texting each other, and you guys were giving me shit for watching Raw. Like, <laughs> Bret Hart's coming back, man. And you were like, yeah, but... RVD's here. Yeah. Oh, shit. Scott yeah, Stein but, is showing up. Yeah, but Mr. Ass just appeared. <laughs> <laughs> he showed up, uh, he wrestled a match, Mr. Ass, um, at AEW in the, the Diamond Ring Battle Royale, whatever they were calling it. And you know, we got five from WWE for all of his steroid abuse and how massive yeah. he was. He's in the ring with like guys like Joey Janela and Luchasaurus, not Luchasaurus, Jungle Boy, who aren't big guys. And then there's just Billy Gunn who just dwarfs all of them. Even yeah. guys that are in shape like MJF just look ridiculously small next to Billy Gunn. <laughs> Billy Gunn's like, I still see you. <laughs> I still see you. I still see you. <laughs> and the most important mention moment that happened in 2010 was the Got Till 5 Wrestling Podcast started. Yes. Um, what year did we start? Two 2017. years ago. 2017. Was it 2017? So yep. yeah, we... We grabbed the last third of this decade by the balls and dragged it dragged it into the next decade, didn't we? We dug exactly. good. You got ten more years of this shit. Oh god, yeah. Before we um as a will deteriorate eventually, I think. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, God yeah. It's coming. It's coming like a freight train. It's when our it's when our friendship relies on this podcast instead of our love for each other. Like <laughs> That's the tipping point. I think so, yeah. And it's not far away. <laughs> <laughs> I can feel it coming. If, if I'm I, can, honest I, with can, you. I can feel it in my waters. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, no, these podcasts are a struggle to do, <laughs> uh, and I do hate you, <laughs> but we do them anyway for the love of the people, for the love of you, listeners. Exactly, all three of you that are probably still listening after this epic, epic couple of hours of complete nonsense. You know what? Masturbatory <laughs> nonsense. <laughs> 
we footballed this this show. We did 45 minutes of utter crap. And then the second half, we've done another 45 minutes of just gold. Rest, we talked about wrestling. So it's been an even split. The people there that enjoy just me and, Yeah, you and people that enjoy me, Jesse Riffing, which I know there are people out there because you message us. Uh, you've got that bit. And the people who like the wrestling, you got the second bit. There you go. You got it all. We just need to. We did reassure the people at the start that wrestling talk would happen, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. Um, so they can skip forward. Yeah, cool. That's good. So everyone's the... sorted. Everyone's happy. We're brilliant. I love the idea of skipping going five minutes, ten minutes, fifty. They're still going. Twenty, <laughs> twenty-five, thirty. What the fuck? Have I missed it? What's happening? <laughs> They're still talking about wank museums. Forty-six minutes and a drop is just playing. What the hell happened? <laughs> Alan Rickman's dead. Still. <laughs> yeah, we really drove that point home, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Alan Rickman is definitely dead, people. That's, um, if there's one takeaway from this podcast, it's that. <laughs> really worried I wasn't going to get to the button in time. Oh. I, could feel, I could feel your desperation. I could so feel like, the way you were scrabbling around. <laughs> oh my god oh, right, this... that, that feels like a perfect note I've missed her so much yeah well we're back baby the bitches are back Britney's bitch Britney bitch uh, yeah we're back so next week we've recorded again aren't we uh, about top 10 matches um, top 15 we... matches possibly oh Got my Steve. Jesus oh yeah Steve um Steve coming on yeah it'll be nice to speak to Steve again I haven't spoken to him for a while I know you have Oh, tomorrow, um, uh, coinciding with this release, is our sister podcast, Game Till 5, guesting on that podcast is also oh. out tomorrow. So you can get double GT5 up in your ears tomorrow if you need to. I'll be interested to hear that, actually. I want to see how Steve acts around Me too. Because I've never Me witnessed too. it. He calls them ladies. <laughs> of course he does. Um, <laughs> good. So I'm happy about that. Um, good to be back. Um, shall we let people move on with their lives yes thank you so much for wasting an hour and a half listening to us ramble on about nothing we hope you enjoyed it we've had a great time and we'll be back next week with the final episode the final episode of 2019 before we take our Christmas break and be back with you in the new year Jesse I have missed you so so much I love you more than anything I you are you're the wind beneath my bloody wings, Max Love, it. Love it. Where can people go if they want to find out more? Got if they want five. to find out more, got till five, they go to gottill5.com. Excellent. My name is Max Curtin. He's Jesse Benz. We'll be back next week with another top five episode. Thank you so much for joining us. Good night. We love you. Farewell.